So once again, we've seen hundreds of people all over Main Street, Chester, trick-or-treating. And we come here while other people have harvest parties and all sorts of various games and activities, which are all great. But we're committed to worshiping God on this particular day. It's been a tradition to do the uh, even song on this day and then adding the Litany of the Saints a number of years back. I'm going back probably 18 years for this parish. There are many things that people do on Halloween. This is not usually one of them. Being at the church, worshiping God. But as we saw from our readings, there are many have gone before us and many that we know their names and many that we don't. And we'll never until we get to heaven know who those people were. It was true in the ancient world, it's true today. People are dying for their faith all over this world today, for the faith of Jesus the Christ. Israel is in a state of war. We have Christians in Israel, we have Christians in Palestine. They're kind of the forgotten people of that conflict. Churches are being destroyed. I'm not saying anything about whether or not, you know, that, that's not my point. My point is, are we praying for the Christians, our brothers and sisters, who are undergoing a, a very difficult time? Are we praying for those that are being persecuted around the world? And do we remember that we are joining our prayers to the prayers of the saints in heaven? How's that for an epistle reading? We got a glimpse into the heavenly worship of God. We got a glimpse into all these saints, and, and there's more than just in our epistle lesson. The book of Revelation is filled with it, filled with pictures of what it looks like to worship God. And so I encourage us, as we remember the saints that have gone before, I encourage us to remember that they're not disconnected. Yes, they are no longer in the body. Yes, they are freed from a sinful body and are eagerly awaiting a resurrection body, a glorified body like Christ's, like Jesus' resurrected body. And they are worshiping God in heaven. So when we come to worship God, we ascend as we literally I go up steps leading our congregation and all of us together are ascending up into heaven. That's what the Gothic architectural achievement was all about, to sweep your gaze heavenward when you come into a Gothic church because that's where you're headed. When we worship God, particularly in the Holy Eucharist, we are ascending into heaven. Even such a Protestant as John Calvin said, when the priest says, lift up your hearts, and the people respond, we lift them up unto the Lord, we are there, if nowhere else in the liturgy, we are there in the heavenlies in a spiritual manner. And so we go to heaven tonight to worship God with the angels, archangels, and all the company of heaven, says our liturgy. We join with the saints. And yes, that means St. Augustine. St. Peter, St. Paul, and the litany of the saints that we went through, 
was rather long, but would we rather list off all the saints that we know? That way we'd be here all night and all day, the next day. That litany is so beautiful because it lists off these major saints that most people have heard of, and somewhere between three and seven maybe, and then it concludes with all the holy martyrs, right? All the priests, all the monks, all the nuns, all the women. And so it has this nice pacing where it celebrates not just these that we've mentioned, but all those that have gone before, including those whose names we don't know. So it is a complete, in a sense, it's a complete listing of all the saints. And we're asking that they would participate in the worship of God, which they are doing, and pray thou the Lord for us, for the world, for the kingdom, because their fight is done, but their prayers are not done if we look at the book of Revelation. They're worshiping God all the time. And the bowls of incense in Revelation are the prayers of the saints being poured out. And so our prayers down here are made evident at some level in the heavens. And so our patronal feast day comes up at the end of the month, and we ask Andrew to pray for us particularly. Um, Well, we ask God that Andrew would pray for us. We don't want to get into the argument of can the saints hear us or not, but there is evidence that they are aware of what's going on here. And we know that they love more perfectly than they've ever loved before. And yes, they're busy, But I don't think they're too busy to pray because the calling of the church has always been to pray and to pray for each other and to pray for the needs of the kingdom. And so let us trust that the saints are praying for us in heaven and let us trust that we pray for the saints both in heaven and on earth. We pray for the saints in heaven every week, by the way, in the liturgy. It's there. And we are to pray for the saints. We pray for the persecuted church around the world, and we pick a different spot in the world every week. And so let us continue our prayers. That's one of the things that I think this parish does very well, is it prays for needs. So don't stop. Keep it up. Do it more. And let us pray for the church in heaven, the church around the world. Let's pray for those who are suffering. Let's pray for the victory of the kingdom of God. Let us never stop praying and let us take hope and encouragement that we are not alone in our praying. The church around the world is praying with us and the church that has gone on to be with Christ is also praying with us as we join with them today to worship Christ. Amen.